So as we all know, probably one thing that is obvious, right, about the Christmas story from the various accounts we have in God's word is the astounding amount of joy that's talked about. Joy, gladness, right, happiness. It shows up over and over when we read about Jesus coming into the world. For example, even in the Old Testament, when the Messiah to come was talked about from the famous passage of Isaiah 9, which is where that famous line, for unto us a child is born, comes from. Even there, one of the first things that's talked about is how when the Messiah comes, he will, quote, increase the nation's joy. And how God's people will, quote, rejoice before God. And so the coming of God's king into his world was always foretold to be a time of joy. And then, as you know, when the story actually started happening in history and the baby Jesus was coming into the world, more and more joy started happening. For example, even when John the Baptist was still in his mom Elizabeth's womb, you might know this. What was the first thing that he did when he met Jesus who was still in Mary's womb? Well, in Luke 1, the Bible says, or Elizabeth says, quote, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Right? And then after that, when Mary found out that she was going to have baby Jesus and her famous song that we call the Magnificat, what's her first line? Well, she says, quote, my soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And then famously, when Jesus' birth does come about and the angels, well, I will just get a microphone. I apologize, church. And the angels, though, as you know, and the angels are singing about Jesus' coming in Luke chapter 2. What do they say? They say famously, fear not, for behold, I bring good news of great joy. And then finally, once Jesus is born and men from the east, these magi come. What do they do when they meet the child Jesus? Quote, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Right, and more examples could be given, but in short, we all agree then that it's clear in the Bible that Christmas, that Jesus is coming into the world, is a time of great joy, a time of great happiness. And we probably know that, and we should love that, and we should rejoice in that. But the one thing I want to just briefly talk about this morning together is, but why really is Christmas such a time of great joy? Or better yet, where really does all of that joy at Christmas and happiness come from? And on the one hand, the answer to why there's such joy at Christmas is somewhat obvious. It's because God, the Savior of the world, the loving and gracious King, He came into our world. And that is a reason, right, to be happy. Because God is coming to save us and that is what we need and it shows that He really loves us. It's the fulfillment of the whole Bible of all of history. That is our hope. And so absolutely, that is true. That is a reason to have joy. But do you know what's even more fundamental and more foundational to Christmas joy than just all of those things? Do do you know what joy actually goes deeper than just the fact that Jesus came to help us? Well, it is what we see in Isaiah 42.1. And in short, it's God's joy. Really. Really. God's joy, the triune God's joy, God's happiness. That's actually the most foundational thing about Christmas joy. And it is the reason we actually made in God's image, in God's world, it's the reason why we experience any joy. It really is because the living God who created all this is a God of joy, a God of happiness. 
And not only that, but as we're going to see in a second, Isaiah 42.1, it was even the triune God himself who rejoiced in, who delighted in what was going on at Christmas. And I say that because now briefly, if you have your Bible open, just look at Isaiah 42.1. We're going to look at this together. So Isaiah 42 is one of these servant songs in the Old Testament, which we're reading a lot from this morning, meaning it's one of the chapters in the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament that's talking about the coming of the suffering servant who's going to die for the sins of the people and rise again. And we now know that's Jesus. And so this is one of those servant songs. But notice, though, in the beginning of this servant song in Isaiah 42, how God talks about Jesus' coming. Look at your Bibles if you have it open or just hear it. This is Isaiah 42, 1 again. Behold, my servant whom I uphold, my chosen in whom my soul delights. I will put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. And so as you can see, this verse is talking about Jesus' coming. And who is Jesus? Well, he is God the Father's servant coming to serve us. And he's God's chosen. But most importantly, though, how does God the Father apparently feel about this chosen servant? Quote, my chosen in whom my soul delights. And and that's really significant language because God rarely talks about his quote-unquote soul in the Bible. But when he does so, which he does, he does it because he's wanting to get across who he really is. Who he most deeply is like. And so what is God like? Or thinking about what we're here to celebrate on Christmas. What was going on in God's soul when Jesus arrived on the scene? Delight. Happiness. Joy. And that does really show us that once again, even more foundational than the people of Israel's joy that's foretold about the Messiah's coming, or even more foundational than John the Baptist's joy when Jesus arrives on the scene, even more foundational than Mary's joy, the Magi's joy, even more foundational than our joy in Christmas, more foundational underneath all of that really is the living God, the triune God and his happiness and joy. Or to say it another way, when the Father sent Jesus into the world and when Jesus arrived on the scene, God himself really was full of joy, full of delight. And our joy is simply rooted in his joy. And in fact, quickly, just that's not even all this verse talks about. Because, so we've talked about God the Father. We've talked about the servant, God the Son. But also, another reason this one verse is so great is because also the third person of the Trinity is even mentioned here too. And we see that because, as you can see in verse 1, how, do we des- how does the Bible describe Jesus here? Well, quote, also, I have put my spirit upon, upon him. And so just thinking about God in this one verse, we have God the Father, and he's so delighting in Jesus. We have Jesus showing up on the scene to willingly and happily be the suffering servant. But not only that, but because think about it. If the triune God is so joyful here, do you know who else we would expect to be talked about? Well, the Spirit. And that is what we see. We have God the Father sending his servant Jesus and also sending the Spirit to be upon Jesus in a special way. And in short, that right there describes Jesus' birth. It describes his whole life. It describes specifically his baptism, as you know, that happened. And even more, that describes his death and his resurrection. God the Father sending the Son, and the Son has the Spirit upon him. And really, the point for us this morning is in all of that, this verse tells us God's soul delights. (laughs) He's doing it with joy. 
Christmas, Jesus, the gospel, God has joy in all of that. And in summary, that's really all I want us to consider this Christmas morning. Because for all of us, we know that Christmas is a season of joy. We know it's a special time of joy, a morning, a day of joy. And we all feel that. And again, we even see that in all the accounts in the Bible itself of Christmas. And so we should be joyful today. We should be thankful for Jesus. We should happily be grateful for God's love and his grace and his forgiveness and for all the gifts he's given us in the world. And so absolutely, church, let's be happy today. Let's be joyful today. And also, though, as we do that, let's remember what we saw here in Isaiah 42.1. And that's that as we're being joyful like that, remember, we're actually mirroring God's joy. <laughs> or to say it even better, yes, we are happy because of Jesus' coming. And yes, we are happy because of God's good gifts, and we should be. But honestly, God is even happier than we are. <laughs> And so it's Christmas. Let's just, let's just realize that that is our God. The living God in the Bible is said to be a happy God. 1 Timothy 1, a blessed God, a happy God. That is the same word. He's a God who delighted in what he did at Christmas. He's a God who delighted in what he accomplished in the gospel of Jesus. Coming to live a perfect life, die on the cross for our sins and rise again and promise he's going to come back. He's a happy God. And because of that, we can be happy this Christmas morning as well. Amen? Let's pray and then we'll sing again. Let's pray.